0: Welcome to The Brew Files from Experimental Brewing, our quick hit series where we focus on fundamental aspects of brewing, including styles, techniques, and recipes. More brew, more flavor, more stories, less time, and less ukulele. In this episode, the news of Anchor's closure and the loss of the Ur-Steam beer may be leaving a hole in your taste buds. So, I sat down with Sherwin and Kirk of Brewyard Beer Co. to discuss why 75% of their beers are made with a steam beer yeast and how you can use it both traditionally and not so traditionally. But first, a message from our sponsors
1: The next generation of countertop home distillation systems is here. The all new Air Still Pro from Still Spirits is a revolutionary still that will look right at home alongside your everyday kitchen appliances. This small batch 2 in 1 distillation system operates in either pot still or reflux mode and allows you to craft high quality light and dark spirits at home. No hoses, no complicated assembly, just plug and play. The AirStill Pro column cools itself with a built in high powered fan. The Still Spirits AirStill Pro is available now at your favorite homebrew retailer. Learn more about the Air Still Pro at stillspirits.com or check them out on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. This
0: episode is brought to you by the American Homebrewers Association. Up your IPA game with homebrewing techniques, craft beer clone recipes, and a free book from the American Homebrewers Association. Push your brews to the limits with Brewing Eclectic IPA by Dick Cantwell. Or dive into the science and history with IPA, brewing techniques, recipes, and the evolution of India Pale Ale by Mitch Steele. Join for one year and receive your choice from 60 different brewing books. Head to homebrewersassociation.org slash experimental for offer details. That's homebrewersassociation.org slash experimental.
2: question that we had after we heard the just the initial news was so does that mean we could use the term steam beer yet no (laughs) or or when can we
0: (laughs) no i i presume that the steam beer trademark will go into whatever package of ip that support will sell off to
2: yeah
3: yeah i mean they're gonna probably hold
0: on to that forever (laughs) i I, I wouldn't let it go (laughs) yeah i mean yeah, you, know, you you know, at some point somebody's going to come along and and make Sapporo an offer for enough money to say, hey, you know, sell us the the brand and the rights and all that sort of fun stuff. The, the brewery's probably toast, but yeah, um, which is sad. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, actually, this past April, um, I was able to go up there and take a, a tour for the first time. So I guess that's good I did. <laughs> you know, this was this was before all the news, but. Yeah, you know, we're like, "Oh, wow." And then, you know, a couple months after I, I visited, they're like, "Oh yeah,
0: we're we're closing." <laughs> so, I have to ask, "Did you steal any tips and tricks while you were there?"
3: <laughs> I was trying to. I mean, it was it was just really cool just to see the the open fermenters and things of that sort, but yeah, it was it was really kind of vacant cuz they they had this big, you know, canning hall, as you call it, and I asked him, "You know, how often do you can?" And he's like, "Lately, we haven't." And I was like, yeah, that was kind of an indication there. Like, okay, something's <laughs> going on.
0: <laughs> there you go. Now, by the way, since we're talking, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody?
3: Hi, I'm uh, Sherwin. um
2: from Brouillard Beer Company in Glendale. And? And I'm Kirk. I'm the other guy <laughs> <laughs> at Brouillard Beer Company.
0: <laughs> there you go. And so, of course, we're talking about Anchor. And you can't talk about Anchor without talking about Steam Beer or California Common, as the convoluted term has become. Yeah, I really do wish we could say steam beer more often, but oh well. I, I wonder, do you guys think that whole thing about steam beer has kind of held the style back?
2: Oh, you mean just the uh, the confusion of the two terms having the yeah. usage? Of two terms?
0: Well, and the fact that like, California common doesn't really roll off the tongue in the way that steam beer does. I've always
2: wondered where that term came from, the California common. Like uh, steam beer, I mean, there's some you know, mythologized history about it. But, uh, yeah, the actual term California common trying to figure out those origins sometimes gets a little muddy, at least from every time I try to inquire about it.
0: <laughs> so, Go figure. Nobody bothered to write it down.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We actually have a, uh, has a cousin that's like one of the head regional guys at in the LA, uh, uh you know, library archives. And he spent, like, years just searching for the term Steam Beer and California Common. And uh, he actually came up pretty damn dry. He, he found, like, two news clippings that, that were just advertisements mm-hmm. and, like, a couple references in books. And, like, that's it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's funny, on the last episode of the main show Denny and I were talking about, California Common, particularly uh, Martin Cornell, uh, the British beer writer. He he just had a whole article about it, and he, he had pulled up advertisements, pulled up a couple of things from uh, 100 Years of Beer and other a couple of other books. But it's not been heavily written about, but uh, there we go. I mean, a lot of people still don't know what a California
3: Common or a steam beer is, really.
0: <laughs> well, that's true. So let's actually get into that for just a half a second from now. Why don't you guys... Uh, Give the folks your basic background. Like, how did you get into brewing? How did the brewery come about?
3: Um, for me, it really just stemmed from from home brewing, you know, just uh, brewing, you know, one gallon batch on my apartment stove. And it kind of just, you know, kind of went from there and my wife was okay with it. So, you know, I just kept on going. It was kind of a nice hobby while I was home because that was when I had my first uh, son in uh, 2008. And since I was home from work I was like, "Well, I needed something to do at home while I'm watching the baby and I ended up picking up home brewing and that that's kind of how it started. And then, you know, I just kind of dragged Kirk into it. And once I did have a garage and a backyard, then, you know, I started buying more equipment. You know, it went from, you know, um 5-gallon batch to now a 10-gallon batch. And, you know, it's 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 like a sickness, really.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then, like the term drag is a bit quote unquote it's like hey man i have some beer you want to try it okay <laughs> it's
0: like is it free and cold
2: yeah i know exactly it's like <laughs> i have a ton of beer so unwilling uh, yeah he really had to like you know it's like pulling teeth you know
3: <laughs> like my family and friends we're we're literally my, my guinea pigs I remember one of my first brews I did was was actually from uh, the home beer, wine and cheese shop. Um, It was, I think, a pale ale. And I and back then, you know, people weren't really drinking coffee beers. And, you know, I I brought it to some party and they're like, oh, that's great. Uh, It'd be good with a (laughs) line. I was like, "Okay, back to the drawing board with this one.
0: (laughs) Nope. By the way, I want to say, I think that's the first time in the history of me talking to brewers and homebrewers that I've ever heard somebody say, I got into homebrewing because I wanted to be a responsible parent. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how that works. Is yeah, that but how you, you ready
1: kept, to do that? <laughs> <laughs> it,
3: it, it kept me home. That's That's what it did. <laughs>
0: A baby on the hip and a brew pot on the stove. <laughs> but I was home there.
2: <laughs> home brewing it saves lives.
0: <laughs> well, so you guys were were homebrewing and having fun doing that, and then at some point you made the disastrous decision to open up a brewery.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean it was kind of you know seeing, you know, kind of the
3: mom and pop uh microbreweries opening up in, in San Diego and kind of seeing that start to bloom and i i think it was really when eagle rock um opened their doors and how how they blogged you know each step that they took into opening up their brewery kind of really um Im- influenced um us to kind of open one up ourselves and you know seeing that it is you know plausible and i i think you know i think we even um we were at eagle rock for For probably one of your talks, Drew, in terms of opening up a brewery.
0: Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I remember back in the day when when we used to have all that fun and excitement.
2: Yeah, that was uh I think actually that was my first introduction to I, I think it was my first uh you know uh taste of the you know the the sickness in a sense was when Sherwin uh that I would say he actually did kind of drag me to this. I think it was a uh, a, a whole um, kind of workshop on hops that you ran mm-hmm. at Eagle Rock, and then you know I was like, all right, whatever, because I you know Sherman just didn't want to go solo, so I went with them, and <laughs> like uh, you were you were like more than fascinating, kind of like just you know just dissecting the world of hops. And then, you know, just seeing your enthusiasm for it too really got me into it. I'm like, wow, this is kind of cool, you know? And so that's, that's when I really started to not just drink his beer, but take the brewing his, you know, the home brewing side. Like I was more intrigued with it. I was like, huh. Let's uh, let's poke around here. Let's let me show up a little bit earlier. <laughs> when, when he's brewing stuff in his garage and just uh, you know, try to help him out a little bit.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad I could help yeah. uh, make that process more intriguing. Um, yeah. yeah, and it, it's so funny to think like given back when that talk was happening. And that was like what, probably about 2009, 2010, right? About 15 exactly. years ago, give or take. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a while 13, back. 13 15, something like that. Yeah. And I think like how much we knew about hops then versus all the <laughs> stuff that we talk about with hops now. Right. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, then no, this has gotten a lot different. Um, <laughs> so, but uh, by the way, I did want to also say, I think that you guys have probably one of the most LA appropriate locations for a brewery I've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> nestled in the nestled in the shadows of the five freeway.
2: Yeah. Like uh, it's such a different landscape. Like, Uh, How Sherwin mentioned, when we started to get interested in this, the notion of opening up a brewery was a lot simpler and more, uh, you know, motivating seeing, you know, mom and pops people with, you know, just a, you know, hope and a dream just uh, start up these small breweries and, and watching them grow during this time when there was, it, it was pretty, it was a pretty wide open landscape for them. Uh, yeah, like Eagle Rock. I remember Monkish. Um, you know, they had uh, Henry had a great blog, and yeah, he he was just enthused. I guess to hear people enthused about it, and so he invited us over and just kind of gave us a chat and showed us around. It was it was a great time. But yeah. nowadays, it's like if you don't have a great location, it's actually detrimental.
0: <laughs> well, I so. I will still admit that um, I think about. Uh, yeah, seventy five percent of the time I get there, I always take the first turn wrong. because <laughs> yeah. it, it it's it's in a, a slightly unusual location with a lot of surface streets underneath the freeway, and yeah, yeah, if you take if you take a wrong turn in one place, you suddenly end up going wait that's not right. <laughs> yeah. Right, because yeah, cause we have the train tracks right
3: behind us. So if if you turn on the street prior to to ours, then yeah, you can't go across, so you have to go all the way around. Um, you just have to know that we're underneath the Western Bridge at San Fernando Road, and that helps. There you sometimes.
2: go. <laughs> if, you're, if you're lost, you found us. That's kind of a good way to look at. Yeah. Perfect.
0: Now let's talk about the unusual aspect, and it's also the reason why we have you guys uh, talking about this. You know, obviously, with the news about Anchor that we were talking about at the open, a lot more people kind of paying attention to the whole idea of steam beer. Uh, but you guys, very unusually made the, the decision when you were launching the brewery that you were going to be very California common centric. Is that, a, you think that's an appropriate way of putting it? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it really was because Kirk and I are both
3: born and raised, you know, in California and LA specifically. And, um, I just, you know, early on, I, I really enjoyed Anchor Steam. You know, I remember going to San Francisco and, you know, having Anchor Steam there. I, I, I remember it was it was it was a busy night. I forget the, what the bar was, but it was a cash only bar, and and it was really busy. So I ended up buying. I had enough just for two Anchor Steams, uh, two <laughs> bottles, and I just bought them together just so I don't have to wait in line again. But I kind of fell in love with it then, and then once I actually start digging um, into the history, you know, of of the Steam Beer from um, California Common and kind of its origins like during the gold rush days and that that really intrigued me um and obviously just opening up a brewery just wanting to kind of stand out and being unique um you know that, that kind of allowed us you know kind of this different path just in terms of what type of beers you know we would kind of like to put out there
2: to add to that uh, i would just say the uh the california common yeast. So, when we opened the doors, we had three beers on tap. We had the California Con, we had our Saison. No, Uh, oh, wait, was that right? We had our Saison, we had our Tropico, I think. Yeah, I think we had.
0: And then it had a black black. lager.
2: Yeah, and so we ended up using uh, the steam beer uh, yeast for the black lager. And then, uh, not too far after that, we ended up doing more of an IPA style using the steam beer yeast, like, uh, and then we just really started to fall in love with the versatility of the yeast, being able to either ferment high or low and, uh, getting, uh, getting really good results, both ale and lager, you know, uh profiles out of it. So we didn't have to juggle as many yeasts and, um, you know, we were able to kind of just do it with one style. Um, And then the other part that we really fell in love with was just the fact that since it was a lager species of yeast, uh, no matter what we did, whether we fermented it high or low, it kind of always had a crisper, cleaner finish at the end, which we, we thought was just so LA, you know, because it's hot like today, you know, (laughs) all the time,
0: <laughs> all the time.
2: Yeah. But even, uh, just home
3: brewing, you know, I just started using, you know, the, uh, White Labs 810 or the Y yeast 2112, I think it is. Um, and I was using it for all, you know, all sorts of different beers and just, just by varying, obviously the, the fermentation temperature, I was able to use that one yeast you know just kind of do different beers with that so it kind of it was just convenience too actually <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's not how he told me but maybe he just said that so i wouldn't freak out about things
0: you know <laughs> well it sounds Going like a, the it sounds like in a lot of ways y'all were treating uh the steam beer yeast as you know quake before quake <laughs> look you can make everything it dices <laughs> it slices it's a $4. yeah it's i know exactly dessert topping that and
3: everyone, you know, a lot of other breweries were, you know, were using the O one, one and, you know, just just another aspect in terms of just kind of coming out with, with with something, you know, a little a little different. You know, we kind of chose to to use that yeast as as our house yeast, you know, just to kind of stand out just just a little more as well.
0: So I'm guessing you already said, hey, you know, it's a crisper because of some of the larger characteristics to it. Uh, but I'm also guessing you get wonderful fruit tones to it, like more more ester profile than you necessarily do from, say, 001. Right. So Right. Yeah, so. It, it's kind of weird. It's it's less neutral than 001, but it's more lager-like. Right now, how many beers do you guys have? 20. Uh, we have 20, 20 taps. Yeah, so
3: give or take 15 to 20 different beers, which is a little too much, but... <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, they got to keep the customers coming in, right? Give them something new.
2: <laughs> and then we got to have the seltzers too, you know, like nowadays. <laughs> uh, that's
0: true. So if you had to estimate, like, of the non seltzery type stuff, but of the beers, <laughs> like, what percentage of your beers are using that Calcommon? Hmm.
3: Uh, I would have to say probably more than, like, than half. Yeah, About probably half? like 70, 75%, maybe even. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, because uh, we, we we have a couple Belgians, and sometimes we'll we'll have you know uh, Weizen beers, but for the most part, yeah, I would have to say most most of our beers about seventy five
0: percent. So let's talk. the The flagship is Jewel City, right? right. That's one of them. Yeah.
2: yeah, but it's our it's our highly our most uh, highly decorated and somewhat of our spirit animal beer of the brewery.
0: <laughs> and, and i would say probably the one that fits closest into steam profile right oh yeah like, like the one that if somebody were to say hey give me a california common jewel city is the one that kind of gets closest to what i think a lot of people are going to picture
3: it, it, yeah i mean it's definitely it's definitely not uh you know a clone um or or you know it, it is pushing kind of the the boundaries a little bit just in terms of you know the bitterness and in and, and the flavor because uh the, the the anchor steam the, the original is is a lot cleaner than what we call the you know our our jewel city yeah. um but it is based off off that beer
0: Yeah as we like to say here on the podcast it's not a clone it's an homage homage oh <laughs> <laughs> It sounds much fancier
2: that yeah, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> or it was inspired by you know
0: <laughs> what goes into making jewel city jewel city like walk people through like i mean because i think of anchor steam i think of anchor steam as kind of being almost like a a weird mix of an english pale ale and like a vienna lager
3: yeah i mean it's it's uh mostly um two row two row based malt um and ours is definitely a lot more kind of caramel toasty mm-hmm. um compared to to the original um so i mean we, we throw in you know just, uh, some munich some biscuit um care munich 3 and and a little bit of chocolate malt as well to kind of build that that backbone
0: do you use all those different malts because you feel like they all have a purpose or is that like this is where we this is where we landed and we don't want, we're not changing it i
1: don't
3: know it's gone, it's gone <laughs> through several different iterations and um
2: yeah it used to use uh, a lot of crystal right, right. like a uh, little crystal 40 on 120 yeah. And then we switched that right over to care Munich for mostly for, uh, uh, like supplier reasons. Right. I think.
3: Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just kind of what we have now kind of seems to, to result in kind of what we're looking for with that. Um, but we, we do use a uh, norm, Northern Brewer hops the Columbus, you know,
0: as, so. as, 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 as the original. Yeah. It to my recollection the last time i had jewel city was a couple of weeks back and the malt body on it i mean it was kind of chewy like a little bit of that this was y type uh, type of flavor you had that toasted bread character to it mm-hmm. it would just a little bit of malt chew but not anything that felt sticky sweet and you know cloying by the time you got down to the finish of the beer
3: right right so actually our yeah our uh, version is a little little uh, heavier on the on the IBUs as well, just to kind of balance uh kind of the the grains on on that
0: all right, and is it all northern brewer
3: um mostly northern brewer um whirlpool whirlpool hops and um we, we throw a little bit of cascade in there as well, but it's majority northern brewer
2: yeah uh, <laughs> so kind of a funny story behind that is uh our original California common was a very hopped up California common, uh, that used all Northern Brewer, I believe. Right. And then, uh, uh, we called it soul cow. And then, uh, one batch, uh, we actually were short and we had some cascade and we said, ah, what the hell? And so we threw that in and then the following year we won like two medals on it. And then the following year after that, we won like two medals on it and the following year after that. So like, we're on our, like, eighth medal just off of a mistake or off of a, a you know, a, a serendipitous, like, mistake <laughs> uh, on the build, on the on the hops build. On that one.
0: Look, sometimes, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: And again, as a reminder, the classic Anchor Steam uses only Northern Brewer, but Anchor Steam, the brewery, before... Uh, I don't know, say 2012 or so. I mean, like, literally the only two hops in the brewery were Northern Brewer and Cascade. So even the Cascade edition isn't too weird, you know, or out of bounds. Right, right, right. We didn't talk water, but what do you guys do for your water over there? Um, It's it's carbon
3: filtered. And um, just uh, the chlorides are are, are usually, you know, between the, the 80 to 100 ppm's. And um, kind of keep it balanced with the, with the sulfates as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, that's actually usually our 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 base water coming out the tap is kind of uh, balanced between between chlorides and sulfates. So usually we don't even really touch it.
0: <laughs> yeah, LA water um, I always say is pretty good for making amberish colored beers. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then if you want to go beyond amberish colored, then then you got to start messing with it. Um, so we got the carbon filtered water. We got that blend of mostly two row pale with the whole schmageggy of, of colored malts in there. Um, right. Northern brewer cascade. Um, and then the, uh, the yeast obviously is one of the California common yeast. Um, yeah. now back when I, back when I was first learning all this sort of stuff, people talked about, Oh, you know, it's a hybrid. So you ferment it at like 63 because it's not, quite an ale, it's not quite a, a lager. Lots of different talks about you know how to do it. So when you guys are using the Calcommon yeast on making this particular beer, which again is you're you're not trying to go pure lager like this this has some ale ca- characteristics to it. Right. How do you how do you use it? What's the process for your fermentation?
3: Um yeah, for, for this beer I'll be used uh, um actually not from White Labs or, or Y Yeast, but we we used uh, the the A ten from Brewing Science Institute in Colorado, um, just just to kind of be different as well, um, getting it from another uh, you know yeast yeast supplier. But in terms of this beer, um, primary um, we'll, we'll start at sixty, um, and we'll we'll let it ride for for about a week, um, and then you know once it gets close to terminal, you know we'll let it free rise to to about sixty five and let it clean itself up. Um, and, uh, and yeah, with, with, with this beer, there's, there's no, um, no other additions. We used to dry hop the, um, the beer that Kirk was referring to the soul cow, like one of the early versions of it. And we used to dry hop that, but with this beer, we, we felt like we didn't really need to dry hop. It had really, you know, kind of good kind of Northern Brewer, uh, characteristics just from the Whirlpool edition. So we decided,
2: you know. And plus, we have a we have a separate IPA, so it didn't have to pull
0: double duty like when you know at opening.
2: <laughs> right, right.
0: So, um, funny, funny how much work there is when you to sort of spread yourself when when it's all new. Yeah. Right. 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 So again, uh, relatively low fermentation temperature for you know what a lot of people consider to be an ale. Uh, right up into sort of almost like a diastole rest slash, you know, no, no, get those last couple of points out of there. Um, and then do you, do you crash down? Yeah. So, uh, once, once, once it
3: hits terminal, um, we'll actually, I'll crash it to possibly like, like 50 degrees. And then I will go ahead and, uh, harvest East at that point. Mm-hmm. um, and then once, once we're done harvesting, then I'll go ahead and, you know, bring it down to 35. Um, then we'll, you know, we'll rack it to, to the bright tank and then carb it usually around two, 2.8 ish mm-hmm. um, volumes of CO2. Um, and yeah, and then that's, that's, that's pretty much it. It's good to go. Um, we don't filter. Um, so we, we do use, uh, Biofine in the, in the bright. And it usually drops clear, um, you know, about, about three or four days, Mm -hmm. um, of crashing it in, in the bright tank. And, um, we're ready to go after that.
0: So something that we didn't cover earlier, like what sort of original gravity you guys going for somewhere in like the 1050 area? Uh,
3: yeah. So it's, uh, it's, so this is a little, um. The ABV is a little higher than the original as well. We're, we usually hit around a little over six, six point three, um, is, is, is our target. Um, and yeah, we 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 do about uh, ten fifty five usually, okay. and we'll, we'll finish like right under like eight, eight or nine around okay. there. All
0: right. Um, uh, and so uh, and we got that going 6.3%. How long does it take you guys to go from brew day to it's out on the taps? Usually. Uh, usually,
3: uh, well, I would say about, about four
0: weeks. I mean, that's a pretty decent turnaround time. And it's not your, (laughs) I think a lot of people are trying to push like almost two weeks on IPAs nowadays. Uh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Well,
3: because like I said, um, you know, we don't filter. So, um, you know, we kind of just let it do its thing, you know, with with biofine, and 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 kind of just rack it when when it's ready. So, right. I mean, it'd be nice if we could kind of get it down to maybe in three weeks, but I, I try not to kind of rush rush our beers if if uh, if at all possible.
0: <laughs> we, uh,
2: I do,
3: but he, he does. Yeah,
0: Kurt rushes <laughs> me. But. I was just
2: I'm like, dude, we need this yesterday.
0: Yeah, it seems like there's a division of labor here in terms of who's who's watching the the sales versus who's watching the beer. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah, Sherwin's definitely like, we will sell no beer before it's time. <laughs> yeah. And Basically. by the way, if you got that reference, you're old. Uh, um, <laughs> all right. So that's sort of the classic idea. And I think... If a lot of people were thinking of steam beer or they were thinking of a California Common, depending upon how much of a lawyer they have inside their head, um, that would be a, roughly what I think a lot of people would think of. But as you guys said in the the start, you're using California Common across many different things. So how do you make hay with that same yeast by doing something else like if you want to push it more lager like or if you want to be like in an ipa what changes for you
3: um for for a lot of uh, our, our ipas um we you know pitch the same yeast uh but you know we'll we'll do it at say 65 to 68 um depending on what we're doing and um that it seems to ferment really nice there as well um but we we still obviously get a little more like esters um at the higher temp, but you still somehow kind of get that kind of lager kind of uh characteristic in the finish, mm-hmm. um which 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 is great. Um where it just kinda of makes um our beers a little I guess more drinkable per se. Um, you know, especially if, you know, a lot of our customers are you know, kind of new, new, new to craft beer. And, you know, usually they'll, if they don't know, you know, they'll come in and like, Oh, what's your latest beer? You know? So it's kind of a, you know, a hybrid, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, beer where, you know, it does have kind of more, more, more flavor, but, you know, it is not as heavy as, as kind of a traditional ale, I guess you say. All
0: right. And then when you're doing lagers, I'm guessing, do you, or, I shouldn't say when you're doing loggers, but when you're doing something that skews more logger-like. Logger-like, yeah. I mean, we'll,
3: I mean, it, not too different from, I mean, we'll go probably, you know, like, like fifty-eight, fifty-seven, 57, mm-hmm. um, still in the high, high 50s. And, you know, we're able to kind of get it more logger-like. Um, but we, we, you know, we, we don't say we do, you know, i guess traditional loggers so it we don't really have to really you know go real low with it i mean it'll still have you know possibly some some L characteristics but you know i mean we but we call them all loggers <laughs>
2: anyway <laughs> yeah actually to to build off that um, the journey that is brewyard doing you know this whole steam beer experiment you know this uh, steam beer lineup experiment was the uh, um, was it insanely intriguing but maddening uh, realization of like just the psychology involved and the marketing involved with the term logger and ale? Um, because uh, there are many ways to define what makes a lager, a lager and an ale, an, an ale, uh, you know, whether it's scientifically, you know, uh, or whether it's just by profile or whatnot, like uh, we initially made the mistake of trying to get a little too scientific-y with it in terms of, yeah, trying to call them hybrids and things of that sort, because we we're looking more at fermentation temperatures and all that. But at the end of the day, you know, we could brew we can brew one, we can brew an IPA with it and we can brew an IPL with it. And then, uh, you know, pretty much you'll have people that say, Oh, I hate lager yeast. I love this IPA. And then you'll have someone saying, Oh, I only like lagers. Yeah. This IPA it's I could taste the ale yeast. And you're just kind of like, okay. You know, like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a very long drawn out, like debate almost to many people about uh you know i guess the two species and then uh you can change anyone many people's minds just by which one you call the beer you know whether they like it or hate it and that was kind of the sad realization that uh, our job as a business is to brew beers that we love and we think people love but we had to be very cognizant and aware of what to call them
3: i mean yeah in the (laughs) beginning we were really trying to explain what what, what they are and we just yeah. confused everyone <laughs> yeah <laughs> we are like is it and ale so you know we
2: kind of had to yeah but it's lager yeast you know but we do ferment high and it's like yeah. yeah
0: i mean look there's there comes a period of time when you realize that if you're the sort of person who is either on a podcast like this or listening to a podcast like this uh you <laughs> care about this Way, way many more times more than the average person does. <laughs> the average person is yeah. just like, that yeah. tastes really good. And you know what? That's fine. Yeah. And sometimes sometimes when you're making a product for the general public, that's what you have to remember.
2: <laughs> yeah. The average person that walks in our brewery will go, do you have something that tastes like Stella? And we're like, okay, <laughs> sure. You know, we got to find something comparable ish. And then, you know, they're on their way.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? I, uh, I told but I, Once you start talking about yeast, they're like, uh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, I think. I know.
2: I like IPAs. And you're like, okay, yeah, let's. just <laughs> Okay, I mean, we'll do an IPA.
0: every home brewer and professional brewer at some point in time just realizes, like, there comes a fine line. You know, the second you start talking about things, people go, nope, I'm done. I'm checking out now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: what's the abv level you know and you're dude like, yeah, what's yeah. the
0: strongest most bitter thing you got yeah
2: yeah that's the other person walking in give me the strongest thing or give me the lightest thing
0: you know like, i don't like dark beers they're too strong yeah
2: <laughs> no there's all that <laughs> um, yeah or dark beers have more you know more calories and you're like yeah sorta
0: no technically no maybe mostly, <laughs> like, as with most things
2: yeah, no, it's, it kind of depends, you know, there's a lot of factors in that.
0: All right. It. So away from the concerns about the commercial world and what we're trying to sell, <laughs> and back to the whole idea of uh, California common and specifically the California common yeast. Any other tips and tricks that you guys have discovered about these particular strains over time? Or is it just, you know, watch your temperatures and, and go for it? Um.
3: Yeah, what's interestingly too is I mean, obviously with uh, good kind of sanitary practices, I mean we've we've ran almost 30, 30 pitches off 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 the original um pitch, which is yeah. like awesome. <laughs> you know, with not too much um, you know, mutation. Um but yeah, that was probably the longest run we've had with, with disease it was about thirty batches worth. Um, so it, it can, it really can perform well. Um, we just make sure that we, oh, also you know, that we'll, that we harvest before we do any dry hopping or things of that sort, just to kind of keep it clean as possible.
2: Yeah. And then, uh, once again on a, on a error, just due to, you know, the extremely hot weather in 2017 or 2016, our glycol shutter shut down. And, uh, basically, uh, right during the, the peak of fermentation. And so we actually uh, had a batch free rise to what was it? Like 73, like almost like plus, in the seventies five or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then we crashed on, and, you know, we, we let, we tried, we let it, you know, do its thing. And it actually turned out pretty well. <laughs> like not, it, you know, you didn't really get too many uh, like, like, Uh, off flavors i guess due to that Uh, actually i didn't really taste many at all and so uh that yeast can handle some pretty high temps without you know freaking out too badly
0: quake from back before quake or actually probably not back before quake but before we knew about quake um (laughs) right well those guys are fermenting at like 90 or something (laughs) Oh no! yeah (laughs) Yeah. the whole quake fermentation thing is is nuts Uh, fascinating (laughs) but nuts so, Hey, one thing that we did talk about at the very start when you were talking about being at anchor and getting a chance to see everything, uh, open fermentation, closed fermentation. Cause if I remember correctly, you guys are all closed fermentation and like modern conicals. Right.
3: Yeah. Conicals. Um, it, it'd be nice if, uh, you know, we, we, we kind of threw the idea of trying to do it, um, in a cool ship. um, Um, But, yeah, I mean, that just doesn't work for for our brewery. (laughs)
0: The the Western Avenue Bridge microbes are probably not conducive.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Right. I mean, but, I mean, even, like, at Anchor with the open fermentation, you know, they're in, like, controlled rooms and
0: and everything. Yeah, they they have positive pressure rooms with filtered air and all that sort of stuff. Right, right. So, but, I mean, I'm sure just having...
3: That surface area definitely, you know, gives that beer that different character.
0: I would definitely yeah. be curious to see the difference. Uh, that that would that would be a fun experiment. Um, but of course, at your at your size, <laughs> a costly one. However, homebrewers could do it uh, with yeah. using something like a Cambro tub, and I've talked a little bit about that in the past. If your whole idea is you know trying to spread the beer out then you could use a good high quality food service uh tub and get something in that same area i mean if you even wanted to be really fancy you could probably even do like a nice deep stainless steel uh hotel pan and use one of those and those are relatively cheap and available so ideas much easier at the homebrew level (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> all right well, hey, before i let you all go uh back to the the day of trying to figure out how to get more beer into people's hands uh anything else that people should think about with uh steam beer
3: i think it really is is uh you know trying it out and because like i said earlier a lot of people are still unaware of the steam beer or, or california california common in general and you know it's just i guess our job to kind of help you know kind of keep it alive you know just in terms of the style you know cuz it really is you know underrated and you know a lot of a lot of breweries will will try to brew one but it never stays you know on their tap list and you know we, we 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 try to keep it on just so people are still still seeing you know where where we don't want it to go
0: away <laughs> well i mean As far as I know, I think you guys are probably the ones who are brewing the most steam beer in the world right now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, when you really think about it, too, once again, like, if you really want to nitpick history, but just kind of my brief historical reference of this beer, you know, there, there really aren't any, I mean, how many other states, you know, have their own beer? How many beers are? truly american styles you know and it, it'd be a shame to see the california common which is one of these you know to to just die or go away i mean it's like you got to represent this is america this is america <laughs> you know this is the most american beer you might be able to get you know like created by us you well, know. we can't let the kentucky common
0: win <laughs> but uh right
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah that too <laughs> but, uh, right. yeah like um and then uh one thing i've always loved about the California common is that it's kind of a perfect, I don't know what I want to drink beer. It's, it has a little bit of malt backbone, but it's still light. It's a little amber, but it isn't too dark, but it isn't like just super duper light. You know, if you add a little bit more, you know, a little more hop to it, you know, you can kind of get a good middle ground between it being a lager and a, you know, like a pale. Uh, so, I mean, that's why I've always liked it. Cause it's like, I, instead of having to choose, I'll just have a California common cause it c- pretty much covers every single facet of what i might want to drink today why not
0: <laughs> all right
3: yeah i mean exactly. it's kind of interesting because um you know of competitions um you know we'll we'll enter several of our beers and you know fortunately and amazingly our Jill city always usually places i mean granted there's probably not many entries in in that category <laughs> um but yeah, maybe a dozen or two yeah, it, it really is kind of a proud enjoy here.
0: <laughs> well there you go.
2: Oh, and actually to to plug the California Common Yeast uh once again, uh this past year our Citra bang, which is uh it's te- we call it a, a a juicy hazy IPA, uh that actually placed at the state fair. Um, so you can actually make a hazy IPA with California uh, an award-winning hazy IPA with common yeast. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I would not have thought about that. Just don't tell them where their heads will explode that it's a you know lager based beer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there we go. Well, yeah. Look, all all of this all of this world is very confusing, even to those of us who obsess over it. So, <laughs> again, if you all uh, want to try America's preeminent and largest brewer of steam beer at the moment. <laughs> then get yourself over to the border of Glendale and Burbank right in the shadow of Western Avenue on North San Fernando road. You can find more information about their beer at brew Company dot and you'll be able to go uh, find the beers. Uh, I mean, you guys are distributed around LA, uh, but not. Yeah. Uh, uh, SoCal. All, SoCal. all right. In so general. if you're in the SoCal area, you'll be able to find it. And as we said, the, the, sort of homage to the the steam beers of the past Uh, Jewel City kind of inspired by but slightly bigger slightly more amped up for modern times Uh, go and get yourself a glass of that and I think you'll be a happy camper thank you everyone for joining us on another episode of the Brew Files we hope that you enjoyed this talk with the boys from Breweryard and their take on steam uh, I mean California Common and how you can best use it to recreate a piece of possibly lost beer history in your own brewery Now, remember, if you have show ideas, styles, brewers, techniques, ingredients, etc., you can drop us a line at at podcast.experimentalbrew.com. You can reach us at Denny at ExperimentalBrew.com or Drew at ExperimentalBrew.com. You can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Reddit, and just about every homebrew forum known to mankind. And, of course, you can always find us at www.experimentalbrew.com. And don't forget, you can support the podcast by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can click the AHA or BYO links on the website. And by going to Patreon and pledging a buck or two or more to a charitable cause, which for this part of the year is the National Disaster Search Dog Foundation. Until next time, remember, the brew is out there. And we'll see you on the next episode of The Brew Files.
1: Getting accurate measurements of your beer is one of the keys to improving your brewing.